tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. This, uh, this particular topic is going to be called the Gospel of the Kingdom. Uh, I just got back uh, from Livingston, Louisiana. We, I did a, a three-session conference on biblical manhood. And so we talked about the importance of biblical masculinity uh, the importance of family government as it pertains to the building block of a sound and whole and healthy nation. And of course, the crucial importance of fatherhood when it comes uh, to the raising of our sons and daughters uh, in our nation and in the world. And um, I think my daughter, Destiny, will have some links to that if you want to partake of those messages and also I got to preach Sunday morning at a at the um, First Baptist Church in Livingston uh, Louisiana with Pastor Brian Gunter they were tremendous hosts tremendous hospitality and I do believe the men in the church were challenged and edified and inspired uh, to move forward in serving the Lord in this great battle for the souls of men the lives of children and the future of this world. So just got back. I got one day. We figured, hey, we better get this recording in. And then tomorrow on Tuesday, it's off to Ireland uh, for a two-week ministry tour there. It's the it's the round two of the awakening tour. And there are brothers and sisters there that are seeking the Lord for a heaven-sent revival that will equip the church to abolish abortion in their nation. So uh, be praying for that, brothers and sisters. I, I, I deeply appreciate that. Uh, but today we want to talk about the gospel of the kingdom. Now, some of us know the gospel as the good news. And here's the deal, brothers and sisters. Men and nations will never treasure the good news until they fully comprehend the bad news. And the bad news is we're conceived in sin. We go astray from the womb. Uh, We're bound by sin. We're groping in darkness. And if we perish in that state, we're going to an eternal hell. And that is our condition when we come kicking and screaming into this world, which is why Christ said we must be born again to enter and see the kingdom of God. And so the evangel, the good news, obviously, when it comes to personal salvation, critically important because there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And there's only one way 
that we can be delivered from that eternal damnation, and that is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He made a way for us. Praise his holy name. So that's the evangel, and that is uh, critical because that is the strength, the integrity of your salvation. It's according to the scriptures. Understand that. His crucifixion, his resurrection was according to the scriptures. And that word has been settled in heaven, and that is the anchor to your soul here on earth. But as we also discussed, there's another word for the gospel, and that is the kerygma. And that goes from the gospel of personal salvation to the gospel of the kingdom. And I want to share with you how the Lord in his dealings in my life took me just from the evangel to the kerygma. And so my wife and I, we started, my first wife and I, Liz, we started Elijah Ministries in 1985. And it consisted of her singing. Uh, She just had a very anointed voice when she sang. The presence of God came. It was so powerful. And we did drama skits. Some were funny. Some were serious. And then in between the skits, I would preach God's word. And we were blowing and going. We were a very popular ministry. I mean, we were booked like eight months in advance. We did three to four services a week, not only in churches, but at schools, fairs, prisons, uh, public squares. Uh, And there was tremendous kingdom fruit that was being produced. And we would just go on these tours. And there was this specific tour that we went on. Uh, I came back home and I was, there was a couple of things happening in my life. One was even though the Lord was really blessing the ministry, I mean, the saints were being edified, sinners were being converted, surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Um, But my spirit was troubled. And my wife could not understand what was going on with me. Um, It didn't make no sense because everything that we were seeing and experiencing It was like we were being blessed, Uh, but there was a a part of me that was deeply troubled. And so when when we went on this tour, I came back and two things were happening. I was sort of dying on the inside, even though the Lord was blessing the ministry. Because when I looked at the condition of the church and I looked at the condition of this nation, It was like a part of me that was struggling with the meaning of ministry. And honestly, I felt like I was losing my integrity with the Lord. Like, how could I prosper in the ministry when the church is in desperate need of reformation and our nation is going to hell in a handbasket? And so what began to happen is I began to actually preach more, doing less singing, less skits, and preaching more. And I was trying to apply the the word of the Lord uh, to the burning issues of the day. Uh, the problem was the churches cringed. It was like, hey, don't confuse us with the truth. 
You know, we love the singing. We love the skits. You know, just keep entertaining us and we're good to go. And honestly, brothers and sisters, I, I was deeply, deeply struggling with that. And so the other issue was when we were traveling and to the credit of the different denominations, you know, they wanted to make sure they knew those who labored amongst them. They were being responsible. They, they, they wanted, you know, me to understand where they were coming from theologically, doctrinally. And so they would sit me down and school me uh, in their specifics, their specific theological camp. And I, I, I understood that, that they were just being responsible. But as a young minister, it was deeply, deeply confusing. So you had one denomination that emphasized this. You had another denomination that emphasized that. You had this church that taught this, and you had that church who taught that. And sometimes was using the same scriptures, but with seriously different interpretations and meanings. Well, my problem was I, I never went to a Bible college. I, uh, I, I you know, I, I wasn't trained in a seminary. You know, I, I was pretty raw. I mean, clearly God's call was upon my life, and maybe I'll share sometime how that came about. Um, but I, I was struggling. So I was dealing with two huge issues. I'm dying on the inside, trying to struggle with the Lord, what it means to truly minister uh, to him and to his people. And plus, this incredible confusion, this theological and doctrinal confusion. And so this was setting me up for probably the most intense prayer session of my entire life. So when we got back to that tour, um, yeah. There was a prayer, and I honestly kind of started from my toes, and it kind of surged through my legs, kind of gushed into my bowels. It kind of swelled my heart, and it came like, like shouting out of my throat. It was, it was such a guttural prayer. I mean, honestly, it was like a scream. It was like a screech. And I am shouting to the rafters. I am shouting to the heavens. What is the truth? God in heaven, what is the truth? This church says that. This denomination says this. And I, I literally felt like Solomon when, when the Lord visited him. And it says that he, he, he thought of himself like a, a little child who didn't know how to come in or go out. And that is exactly what I, what, what I felt inside. And I was crying out to God, what is the truth? How do you expect me to minister your gospel, minister your word, when there's such incredible theological and doctrinal confusion that's running rampant in the body of Christ? And so like Solomon, I'm crying out for wisdom. I'm crying out for understanding. I'm crying out for knowledge because it was a part of me. I, I wanted to walk in integrity with the Lord and make sure 
that I was representing his truth accurately and precisely as much as lies within me kind of deal. And so I, I cry out to God. I'm pouring out my complaint. Well, little did I know uh, that prayer <laughs> was going to usher in some serious kingdom realities and, and kingdom dynamics. It would literally change the projectile of our life, our family, and our ministry. And so a couple of months as, uh, after that uh, an intense prayer to the Lord, uh, we got invited to a church in Colorado. It was awesome. I mean, they put us up in a cabin up in the mountains with a loft. I mean, honestly, it was breathtaking. And I still remember the message I preached that night. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. Well, as typical, uh, the church loved the goodness part, but they could do without the severity part. And strange enough, I never got invited back to that church. <laughs> I have been kicked out of the finest places, brothers and sisters, whether it's the church or government or whatever. Yeah, I don't get invited to the party very often, and that's okay. Uh, we're still going to serve our great King and Lord Jesus Christ. So, But anyway, that night would be the night. It was a glorious night. It was a night that changed everything in my life. And I'm just going to kind of give you the setting here. Um, I had two daughters at that time, Shekinah Marie, Cassie and Nicole. And what we did raising our children is when they went to bed at night, we would play the Bible on tape. So while they were sleeping, the word of God was just going forth uh, into their souls, whether they were conscious of it or not. We just wanted the word of God to bless our children, even while they slept. And so here I am, we're up in this beautiful cabin, you know, and it's just breathtaking. And I'm laying down, and I am somewhere between consciousness and sleep i'm just kind of in that zone and all of a sudden these words came up on the bible and it was luke chapter 22 and i'm gonna read this scripture to you because this is what the lord uh kind of just woke me up and of course the setting is the last supper this is where Christ is instituting the new covenant. And I want you to hear the words of the Lord. And I love this because, you know, I, sometimes we, we try to sterilize the Lord. We kind of try to defang him and declaw him as the great lion that he is. But the Lord had passions. He had desires. Um, he wept. You know, he he was fully man and fully God in the same person without denying each of those aspects of his nature. But I want you to listen to these words. This is Luke 
22:15. Then he said to them, watch this, with fervent desire. Listen to that. With fervent desire. Do you know, brothers and sisters, God desires us? And he has a passion for us? He truly does. Every human relationship that you have, that you know of, that is a picture of a relationship that God desires to have with each and every one of us. So there's, you have friends. Well, who is Christ? He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. Uh, there's the relationship between parent and children. Well, he is our faithful, loving, heavenly father who loves us enough to discipline us to bring forth a peaceable fruit of righteousness in our life. And then the most intimate of relationships, the relationships between the bride and the bridegroom, husband and wife. The Apostle Paul, when he's talking about this in Ephesians chapter 5, the relationship between a husband and a wife, he, he says, I'm teaching you these things to reveal the greater minister, mystery, which is the relationship between Christ and his church. The book of Hosea actually says the day is coming. We're no longer going to call him Lord. We are going to call him husband. So just know every human relationship that you experience in this life, get the revelation of the kind of relationship God desires for you so critically important so he talks about this fervent desire i have desired again fervent desire i desire to eat this passover with you before i suffer for i say to you i will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of god and then he took the cup and gave thanks and said Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So here I am, minding my own business. I'm in the zone. And bam, as soon as I heard those words, I literally shot up in my bed. And like machine gun bullets, scripture after scripture, just exploded in my mind. And the first scripture that came to mind, this is after Jesus is raised from the dead. And the apostles said, we go a fishing. And so they decided to go back to their old ways, their old lifestyle, uh, their old vocation. Uh, Christ has died. The dream has ended. Um, and they just go back to what they know to do. And so as they're fishing, the Bible says there's Jesus Christ on the seashore and he calls out to them and he says, children, do you have any food? Interesting question. Do you have any food? And they're looking at this guy. At that point, they don't know it's the Lord, but they again, they, they didn't gather much fish, so... The Lord tells him, hey, cast the net on the right side of the boat. 
And when they do, they get again, this is the second time they get this huge haul of fish. That's when they recognize, okay, it has to be the Lord, because this happened in Luke chapter 5. And so the, the apostles connected the dots. This is the Lord. And so they get on shore, they they pull the all the haul of fish to shore, and there is Jesus, and he has breakfast waiting for them. And listen, and the scripture said that Jesus ate with his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, please hold on to this. This is critically important because when we, when we read the scriptures, we, we see certain things, but we really don't understand its importance and relevance. And so right from there, I go from John 21, I go to Acts chapter 10. Now, this is the story of the mystery of the gospel being revealed. And that ministry is that Gentiles can now be saved and partake of the gospel of the kingdom. And it starts with this guy named Cornelius. He's a Roman centurion. And it says about this guy, it's so beautiful, it's so powerful. It says that his prayers and his alms had come up before God as a memorial. Wow. Did you catch that? Like it created a memorial at the throne of God. And what are memorials? You know, that's to kind of focus your attention. That's that's to bring to your remembrance things that are important. That's what a that's how a memorial is supposed to serve us. And so his prayers and alms come before God as a memorial. The Lord is put in remembrance of this man. And the Lord has compassion upon him. And so he sends an angel to Cornelius and the angel tell, tells him to summon Peter uh, to come because he's going to have words that you need to hear. And so this man, Cornelius, obeys the messenger. He sends a few men to uh, go to Peter. He's told where he's at. And they obey. They go. Well, there's Peter. And while these men are traveling, God is preparing Peter to visit this Gentile. And so he's just sitting there on the roof, and, uh, and he has a vision three times where all these different animals uh, are lowered, and a lot of them were unclean to eat. And so God tells Peter, rise, kill, and eat. Of course, Peter's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, 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 that ain't happening. I, I, there's nothing unclean ever touched these lips. And God says, what I have called clean, you no longer have permission to call unclean. And that's how God was preparing Peter to go to visit this Gentiles. Because you got to remember, back then, it was a huge no-no for Jews to enter a home of a Gentile. That was against their tradition. That was against their laws. So this is a serious thing, and it's actually a very dangerous thing. 
But God prepared Cornelius, God prepared Peter, and God tells Peter, go and doubt nothing. So he goes, he walks in, and as pagans are prone to do, Cornelius falls down on his face and begins to worship Peter. And Peter's like, oh my goodness, stop, stop, stop. I'm just a man like you, okay? And so he gets all that straightened out, and, and the Cornelius said, it's, it's, it's good, it's well that you have come. And Peter lets him know, well, the Lord, you know, kind of told me I need to come and investigate this matter. And so Cornelius shares what happened, how he had this visitation, and that they're waiting to hear words that is going to come from Peter's mouth that God's going to use to birth them into his kingdom and add them to his church. And so Peter launches into the gospel and he emphasizes the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now understand, brothers and sisters, what he's revealing is the most powerful truths, the most powerful uh, impartation from heaven to earth. The crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the epicenter of God's dealings with humanity. And then, and I read this so many times, literally like hundreds and hundreds of times, I read, oh, and by the way, we were witnesses that ate, listen, that ate and drank with him after he was raised from the dead. Now, what did the Lord say at the Last Supper, at the great communion table? I will not eat with you. I will not drink with you until the kingdom of God has come and all is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Well, I got to tell you, when the Spirit of God took those scriptures and connected the dots, bam! Instant game changer. Oh my goodness. And this was so critically important when it came to my future ministry in serving the Lord, because at that time, we were being groomed by TBN. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, our ministry was prospering, and I'm talking financially. The other opportunity that I have was to repent when it came to the American Holocaust and join Operation Rescue, Operation Save America. So here I'm at the crossroads. What do I choose? Do I choose TBN? And prosper or do I go the way of Operation Rescue Operation Save America knowing that it was gonna cost that it was gonna cost our lives and thank God he didn't show me all the cost uh, because we ended up losing everything but in losing everything we gained everything and so Brothers and sisters, it was that revelations. That's why we have 13 children. 
there was no way because uh, I was believing like most Christians why polish brass on a sinking ship why rearrange furniture in the burning house Jesus Christ is coming back any second so why have children why fight the battle why why bang my head against the wall why even try to rescue children why even try to stop the homosexual agenda that's savaging our sons and daughters Jesus Christ is coming back any minute now and I had been raised with that my whole life I've been waiting for the trumpet to sound since gosh 1981 maybe before well we're still here and so I gotta tell you brothers and sisters when this came alive in my soul I wasn't looking to fly away oh glory I was looking to storm the gates of hell and advance his kingdom his glory and his great salvation in the earth and so brothers and sisters I pray that you be like a good Berean and as we start you know we're gonna have many different kind of podcasts but obviously this is kingdom moments with rusty thomas and so through these podcasts i'm going to build more and more on the gospel of the kingdom and pray for me i'm writing a book right now called when the kingdom like what is the timing scripturally when it comes to the kingdom of god it's so critically important it's not if the kingdom it's when the kingdom every christian believes in some form or manifestation or truth of the kingdom of god the key issue is when when does it come when did it come because this assurance we do have once the kingdom arrives it is destined to conquer all the kingdoms of men so we're going to get more to that in the future so i just pray that this podcast was a blessing to you be a good berean study the scriptures amen test everything that anybody says with the scriptures it's so critically important well god bless you saints until next time this is rusty thomas signing off keep pressing on saints to the high calling prize in jesus name Question.